You're listening to The Green Country, a fantasy storytelling podcast where each episode introduces a new character, creature, or facet of this fantastical land. These stories follow the course of Queen Alyssa's centennial tour of her kingdom. Every 100 years, the long-lived monarch travels throughout her overgrown forest realm, meeting its inhabitants and seeing its sights. Join me each week as we explore a new and fascinating aspect of this lush, expansive world. You can learn more at www.thegreen.country, and I invite you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Thanks for listening. Plea to the Void Mother Part 1 Ula flew through the open window into the Moonwitch Ilani's study, looking ruffled and disquieted. The witch stood at her workbench, muddling aromatic herbs in an earthen crock, and she stopped to greet her returned familiar. Hoping to catch a hint as to the reason for Ula's distress, she gazed into the bird's strange face, which over the years had grown to mirror her own. This was typical of the female Minervae bird, to become a reflection of the one they were most bonded with. Ilani could not decipher the expressions that passed over the bird's visage, which was so familiar to her own, yet alien all the same. Come, Ula, you are safe. She spoke softly, caressing the creature's downy back, her long fingers running through pale gray feathers that were the color of wood ash gone cold. What have you seen, Ula? Who was it? Ilani did not have long to wait, as the faithful familiar encircled her pale wrist with strong, gentle talons. Their eyes fell closed, and a vision passed from Ula to her master, an image fragment of the ones she had seen. The first person Ilani recognized immediately, a beautiful fox woman, clad in a green traveler's cloak, a long staff in one hand. It was her friend, Lysica. The fox was no stranger to her remote dwelling, a tower built into the living rock, standing tall on a small hillock, above the sea of woodlands that stretched below. The fox had been her guest countless times, and the two had spent many an eve at her table beside the hearth, sharing news, cups of wine, and details of their most recent sorcerous workings. Though separated by a distance that required a good two days' travel by foot, Lysica was the nearest moonwitch to Ilani. It was the other that walked alongside Lysica that had left Ula in her troubled state. And Ilani could well understand why. The creature was unlike any she had ever seen. It had pearly green skin and a long reptilian tail. It wasn't particularly fearsome or dangerous looking, or even that outlandish in its physiology but it was less the creature's appearance and more the otherworldly essence surrounding the being that had stirred feelings of uneasiness in Ula. 
She now felt those same feelings stirring within her, their depth surprising and unfathomable. That uncanny resonance she sensed in Ula's vision spoke of another world, a reality alien to her own. The witch stopped herself from drifting into those murky waters of speculation. Lysica would arrive soon enough, and she could tell Ilani herself. Come, Ula, we'll have guests arriving soon, and I wager they'll be hungry. Come to the kitchen with me. Ula obediently leapt, and with several flaps of her owl-like wings, she had landed on Ilani's shoulder. The clever bird knew that a trip to the kitchen meant snacks for her. By the time she heard a rap on the door, Ilani had set out several plates laden with fruit, meats, and other vittles foraged from the surrounding forest. Though not particularly fond of blood wine, she kept a bottle of Crandune on hand for Lysica. It was a favorite beverage of foxes, after all. She'd opened a bottle, allowing it to breathe, in anticipation of her weary friend. She hurried to the front door, an arched construction of heavy, rough wood, and with several quick hand gestures, dismissed the protective charms she had placed upon it. She grasped the worn ring of iron which served as its handle, and flung the door wide. She regarded the face of her dear friend, and saw a tired smile blossom there, as if some invisible weight upon her had lessened. However tired the foxwoman was, her eyes still burned with a familiar keenness. Ilani returned the smile with her own. Lysica, I've been expecting you. Come in at once. She broke the gaze of the fox to look down at the strange creature who cowered behind her. A reptilian face peeked out, its sharp teeth barely visible within its slightly open mouth. Its tail flicked nervously, and she felt a great pity for the thing's predicament. It was obviously a stranger to the lands of the green country, but more so, it was abundantly clear to any moon witch worth their salt that this creature had been misplaced across realms. It did not belong to this world. Ilani saw all this reflected in the lizard person's wide, fearful eyes. Come in, little one, she said in a voice as gentle as a warm night's breeze. You'll be safe here, and we have plenty to eat. The little lizard let out something that sounded like a sigh, and seemed to visibly relax. You always did have a way with creatures of the uncommon variety, said Lysica, grinning. The fox and lizard entered Ilani's cozy abode, and she closed the door behind them. With a quick snap of her pale fingers, she restored the charms that protected the entrance to her home, and then led her guests to her hearth. A little fire burned cheerily, and she gestured to the table. By some magical working, Ilani had illuminated a series of hazy glass globes which were scattered about her living space, on shelves and in corners. It was a safe place, 
a peaceful retreat. From the look on the lizard's face, Ilani could see it had come from somewhere very different. Eat and drink first. It'll take twice as long if you try to explain things on an empty stomach. And so her guests sated themselves on the hearty fare she had laid out for them, though the little lizard seemed interested in meat and meat alone. Ilani sipped a glass of wine, of Delson grapes, not Crandoon, and watched the reptile nosh with joyful abandon. In that subtle layer of being, which lay somewhere between spirit and matter, there shone forth from everything, living or inert, a kind of radiance, something akin to an auric fingerprint. To see such emanations was one of the first skills any moon witch learned. These told a witch the way a thing was, revealed its inner nature, showed hidden fractures, or strengths and talents yet undiscovered. It could not reveal a being's future, yet to those skilled in the reading of such essences, a soul's likely path could be discerned. This energetic quintessence was called Kini. The innocent creature who sat feasting before her had one the likes of which she had never seen. The shapes, movements, and colors of its kini were confusing to behold, undecipherable, not meant for her eyes. The creature must have felt her gaze, for it stopped chewing and looked up into her eyes. She managed a smile and then looked away, reaching for a pitcher of water, which she poured into a glass and offered to the lizard. She felt that if she were to look into its glimmering amber eyes for too long, she might fall into those narrow slits of pupils, careening into a world beyond this one. The lizard carefully took the clay mug of water with both hands outstretched, its stubby, clawed fingers unable to encircle the vessel. Ilani could not help herself, and she placed her delicate hands on the lizard's. We'll find a way to bring you home. Wherever that might be, finished Lysica, a wry smile on her muzzle. In that moment when their hands touched, Ilani's second sight opened for a moment, and she caught a glimpse of where it had come from. It was a barren place of gray rock and spiraling mists. Scant, unhappy tufts of grass grew sparsely, and only the dimmest hint of sun glimmered through the gloom. This was not the lizard's home. It was an exile here. Her vision widened, and she traveled further back to a study laden with books, bottles, and strange implements. A dark and vile presence descended on her vision, and she tasted the depths of the reptile's fear as a craven figure strode into view. She released the lizard's hand and smiled sadly at the creature, the revelations of her vision raw in her mind's eye. The fox took a long sip of her blood wine 
and the little lizard drew its hands back and did the same with its water. For a time, they sat in silence at the table, drinking and listening to the reassuring crackle of the fire. The amber globes had dimmed somewhat over the course of the evening, but still shed a little light. It was time to sleep. The lost creature was beginning to doze in its chair, and both Ilani and Lysica knew well the work that would face them in the morning. So we'll have to call upon her, I suppose. Lysica broke the silence her voice small in the dark warmth of the room. Ilani nodded, and a strand of ivory hair fell across her beautiful face, pale and ethereal though it was. She brushed the hair back and met the smoldering green eyes of Lysica, her dear friend, her sister. It is the only way. Lysica flashed a defiant smile, her fangs glistening for a moment in the dusky room. So it is. The fox's keeny wavered on the surface, its essence gauzy and diffuse from the exertions of the day's travel. But Ilani saw deep bands of red, thick, vital, and strong, rooting it to the very fiber of Lysica's being. Ilani thought that the fox was perhaps the strongest person she knew. They sat in silence for a spell more, and a woman entered their thoughts, occupying them wholly. It was she who they must implore, for only she knew the warp and weft of those multitudinous planes. Only she who could puzzle out the origin point of its kini and place the errant child back in its rightful world. The woman was known by many names. She who dwells on the far side of the moon, the warden of the threshold, the void mother. Ilani and Lysica were of a scant few who knew her by another name, her birth name, Namidia. This was the name they had called her years before as a friend, in a time when they spoke with fondness and without care, when life was young and bloomed with the excitement of spring. Though many years had passed, the sweet weight of those sun-filled days was ever palpable, but so too was that last and final day when they had said goodbye to Namidia Silently, Ilani and Lysica roused the little lizard, directing it to a makeshift bed, where it collapsed and quickly resumed its slumber. The two moon-twined sisters found their own beds, and soon drifted into sleep, their hearts united, though uncertain of the fateful reunion that awaited them. End of part one.
If you like what you just heard, be sure to visit www.thegreen.country for more great content, including beautiful illustrations, detailed character descriptions, and much more. The Green Country is also on Patreon, where a small monthly pledge will give you access to extra content, like an illustrated PDF of the story you just heard. Whether you back this project financially or simply share it with a friend, you can help this vibrant land continue to grow. Once more, that's www.thegreen.country. Thanks for listening.